Welcome back. Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. We like to catch up with him throughout the Vikings season. Now we're in the Vikings offseason and still a lot of football to talk about with the Super Bowl coming up. Our longtime friend of the show, longtime Viking beat writer, now with USA Today, John Holler. Happy Tuesday evening to you, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great friend of friends. Now, I only had like two seconds to catch that. What was that? What was that song? That is, that? it's a little uh, kind of a hidden pop gem from the mid eighties. And I don't think it's hold on tight to your dreams. It's rock and roll is king by ELO. Right. So, all right. And, and wow. So here's the thing. And, and it's I think, album night here well, here's the mighty six nine. Now here's the thing that I, I go to. And when I was programming a classic rock station, Here's a cl- typical thing that you would have as a program director, and you're trying to make your waves, right? Is because we all have it figured out. And I, you would agree, because you and I come from the same likes of genre of music, right? Where we're probably into yes. 70s and 80s rock, most likely, a little bit of 60s. And I appreciate a lot of the new stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a Volbeat and Disturbed and all that, but we're kind of seasoned on the 70s and 80s. Wouldn't you agree? We're in the same category there? It was how we were weaned, my friend. Yeah. So, but what I would always say is, and I think you would agree with this, you can drive from city to city, town to town, metro, you know, huge metro market to metro market, and every classic rock station sounds the same, right? They put the same 500 yeah. songs, and it's it's it has killed the rock genre for every generation because they do the same thing, and then they'll do these everything that rocks things. So the then they're mixing the the grunge stuff from the 90s in with the hairband stuff from the 80s. Then we'll throw a little ACDC in, and then who knows? We'll maybe throw in, you know, something by, you know, Avenged Sevenfold or something, right? I mean, so they do all that. and But it's the same songs. So what I would say yeah. is Electric Light Orchestra has how many hits? A bunch of them, right? I mean, you can think of you know oh, yeah. 10 off the top of your head. But what's ELO the, has nothing to stand down about. Right. So ELO is sitting there with one song that our consultant wanted us to play. Don't bring me down. <laughs> and that's the only oh, one that, God. and that's the I, only one I, that we should ever play. Cause that's the one when we went to Ohio, we got in a hotel conference room and we sampled all these songs and what was the most recognizable songs. And that's what, how you make a, and I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So what I would do <laughs> when I was running the morning show, I would go and, Kiss Rock and Roll All Night would come up every time. So I said to my partner, what Kiss song do you oh, want to hear off the chart? And he goes, I don't Detroit, know. Detroit Rock City. Yeah, well, he said Cold Gin or something. Something that wasn't okay. you know, the, the, the same 10 songs that you hear from right. Kiss or ACDC or Led Zeppelin. I'm like, let's go off the board a little bit. A recognizable song. I'm not going for the deep cut or the B-side 45 from 1977. But, I mean, come on. And. And not to be too braggadocious, but we were like number one men twenty five fifty four. We did that because we just added a little spice to it, you know. And so when I play my bumpers, I try to play something that we haven't heard seven million times on the same classic it rock station. My era, Daddy. It hurt yeah. my era. Well, right. So, I mean, that's yeah. just it. I mean, well done, well played, sir. But it's a, a concept that I just think has killed a genre of music I love in rock because they just they they burn out the same songs over and over again. So, yeah. Now, did this guy from Ohio have like a porn mustache and sideburns? Very much so. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I uh, would I would say so much that he, but he was, 
<laughs> well, put it this way. So this happened, you know, this is about 2006, right? So okay. he, and our our, yeah, our, our competitor at the time, he was they were kind of playing more like 80s hairband stuff and so our active rock station was doing all that. I said, "Trust me, Guns N' Roses belongs on the classic rock station, not the active rock station." Yeah. It's 2006. And he would argue with me cuz to him, Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses was not classic rock. I'm like, it's 2006. This stuff came out in the mid '80s. You know, just over 20 years old. Come on. And so, yeah. That... The, well, I got one for you, just to uh, try to blend. Uh, I I knew a a woman who was the wife of of one of my coworkers at a radio station, and she worked at an old folks home. And I asked her. Have you run in, you know, because they have to help the old people take baths and whatever. Sure, yeah. Have you you started running into tattoos? And this is back, like, late 90s, where I'm expecting, okay, somebody got an unfortunate tattoo at age 35 of some one-hit wonder band. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, sure enough, there are people in nursing homes that have Guns N' Roses tattoos. So... Uh, you're not wrong. Classic rock is 20 years old or older, mm-hmm. and you have the, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and then we stop. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. 100%. <laughs> John Holler with us as we're talking Vikings football. No, we're not, but we're talking offseason. Did you? I'm from Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so right out of Almost Famous, you know, covering. You know, <laughs> Uh, John Holler with us, longtime Viking beat writer with the USA I Today. I <laughs> Derek Hansen. This is Couch Potato Radio on KFGO. Did you enjoy the conference championship games? And I, I brought up, I was on a rant yesterday about this. I I never liked it when, you know, you and I would go to the press box and you'd see these are the inactives for today. Because I'm like, come on, if you were talking about player injury or whatever, let the 53 guys play that are on the on the roster. We don't need to have 46. Right. And and I think not having that emergency QB or whatever, you cannot on the NFC Championship game be running with a quarterback that can't throw the ball vertically. That's that doesn't work, and, and that was a bad look for the NFL. I think they got to change that this offseason. Well, you know, uh, considering the emergency quarterback would be San Francisco's fifth. Uh, right. I'm not sure how many, you know what, we're going to pull Rich Gannon out of some college football booth to come down and sling it. Uh, I, I thought they should have just let Mc, you know, cause we knew they were going to run. So at least McCaffrey has some experience, you know, Kyle used check of all people. The fullback was a high school quarterback. Well, a lot of guys were high school quarterbacks. Right. This is the NFC championship game. I, I I thought the the fans got a little bit cheated. Uh, I, I thought the Eagles would win, but I thought it was going to be one of those like Ravens-Steelers type of games where the defenses are saying, nah, not so fast. If you're going to score a touchdown, it's going to take you 12 plays to do it. And when they got that one-dimensional, it was, it was sad to watch. And that poor guy from the Bengals. <laughs> if if uh, I'm I'm uh, overreactionary when it comes to stupidity, and the guy who pushed Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, yeah, 
and he was out of bounds. I don't think they, I think they go for a bomb. I, I think they go Hail Mary instead sure. of trying a 65-yard field goal that potentially could be returned for a touchdown because when you're blocking for a field goal or an extra point, you got a lot of beefy boys out there. On the defensive side, you got guys with speed to try to get through. And it's not unheard of for the Stanford play to happen on a missed field goal return. So I I thought both games were going to be better than they were. The you know, I don't think anybody could complain about the uh Kansas City Cincy game, but it was just how it ended where okay, you know, we Cincinnati is beating you three times in a row and they're giving you everything you want right now. And that push in the back, that basic, I mean, what was it? A 38 yard field goal. Right. Well, it was, uh, it would have been a, it would have been a 53 yarder. There's no guarantee at 53 yards for anybody. No, no, that's for sure. Well, and you know, and there's uh, Joel Highcamp brought up a hold right before that, that they missed, but you know, I guess, you know, missed hold, holding calls happen all the time. Especially, especially no, you're this. not one of those the fix is in, are you? No, heavens no. I think it's ridiculous. I mean, I just is Demar Hamlin alive? Yes, and he is alive, and he's fine. Okay. And, you know, okay. That's, okay. Uh, no, but I mean, we I, couldn't I, see him through the snowflake. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could argue we don't need to see the shot every 15 seconds up in that game either, but that's a whole different story. That's true. Yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I did. I came away with it. Probably in the minority, I didn't think that the officiating was so egregious that that's all we had to be talking about Monday after what was a very entertaining football game. I think one of the more entertaining football games. I mean, there's there's some calls or whatever, but we have that every year. The The other thing that the NFL has to do, and I don't understand this, is the all-star crews. I mean, let the crew that works together, all you know, r- rank them by crew because it'd be like putting an all-star team together for the Super Bowl. No, you want to have the best team in there. And these crews work in tandem. I think it's also why you have so much confusion, John, in certain situations because these guys haven't worked together all year. I don't right. understand that at all. It, it just goes beyond logic that they would actually do that. No, you and I in our younger days both ran with a crew. So I, I want to keep my peeps around. Right. I, 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 I'm totally down with you on that, that it's, you know, we're highlighting, oh, you know, I'm not sure how they grade out reps. But, you know, I mean, if I was a ref, I'm like, okay, if it's a questionable, did he catch it? Did he not catch it? Is it a turnover? I'd go on the way that doesn't force a team to use a red challenge flag. 100%. And they're taught to do that. You and I have been at officiating seminars at training camps, and they've talked about that many times, that they're supposed to do that. And the worst thing those guys like is getting non-players asking questions. Because I was always one, every one of those reps that had to do that interview, he left that interview going, I, hey, it was all good, but I don't like that guy. Because he was asking me all these hypothetical questions. I absolutely, that was one of my favorite parts of training camp over the years, was being able to just grill a ref like a sausage. Yep. And it's like, how dare you? <laughs> you know that? <laughs> No, I don't know. no, you're 100 percent right. The little things that we find enjoyment in, that was one of them. Well, and it was funny. What I, what really came about on this too 
and I've said this many times when I talk to the officials at those things, was you'd say, well, why do they want to why do they want to emphasize that? I don't know. We're just here to. It, it was like talking to a cop and say, well, why is that illegal? We don't make the laws; right. we Wait, just enforce what? them, right? And that, and that mind your business. I, I took, but I took it away from that. Is that they were like, that's not the. I mean, I don't agree with the law, but that's the law we have. And much like I talked to a police officer one time, I, I didn't get a ticket, but he says, I don't think our yellows are long enough in town. But you ran a red light, son. You know what I mean? And it's and it, it's one of those things that I, I that that's what I came away with quite a bit is they make things harder than they have to be to make the job tougher for the official with some of the judgment calls that they have to make. And that's another thing they can back off on. But I just think. No, I, I don't think we should gloss over. I don't think we should gloss over this. The rest of the story on that one with the ticket was, yeah, you blew a dead red, but he pulled you over and you went to, you know who I am? I'm Derek Hansen. Oh, Mr. Hansen, can I give you an escort to work? That does, does not the, work. The cops can make the lights turn green, which is fabulous. No, no, no. I I got a chewing, a butt chewing on that deal, but trust me on that one. Well, it's a, it's a long story, and it was about twenty years ago, but that's a whole different story. Uh, hey, jo- John, it's Hall- a segment. No, yeah. It's a segment. <laughs> John Haller with us again, a longtime Viking beat writer with USA Today. This is Couch Potato Radio on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. I am Derek Hansen. If you want to join us, yes, have 237-594-1800-880-5346. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, what's, what's fun about this is outside of, I would say, eastern Pennsylvania, at least everyone has someone to poll for, right? Unless you're like a Broncos or Raiders fan. <laughs> I mean, that's a... Right. I mean, Philadelphia has become one of the more unlikable uh, franchises. I'm not going to put them in as polarized, let's say, like the Cowboys or the Raiders or uh, maybe New England, but you know what I'm getting at. Right, and, and the thing about it is is I've, I've always found it, it was one of those, you know, I grew up, my dad hated the Packers, and I never really understood it, although he did, he, he begrudgingly admitted that he, he really liked Brett Favre. And so I'm like, okay, well, uh, we're making some progress here. I think what it is is you don't hate the players or the franchise. You hate their fans. And the thing about it is, is Packer fans are all haughty up until the chair gets kicked out and down they go, and an angel gets his wings every time they die. But, but I will say they're nice, though. I mean, like when you go to the Lambo, they're they're nice people. But they're haughty. Well, yeah. I you mean, know, I mean, it's like how many Packer fans does it take to change the light bulb? Yeah. Five. One to change the bulb, and four to talk about how great the old bulb was. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I know. That's just it's would, one of those. It's like we are, you know, like they will dog on Vikings fans that how many Super Bowls you got. You know, I know, but Philadelphia fans are filthy. Mm-hmm. They are animals, and they were in town for the Super Bowl when it was here. And I tell you, they bring that I'm a jerk swagger with them, right? And I, I'm picking Kansas City to win Super Bowl just because I don't want Philly to win again. Uh-huh. No, because I, I, I have a strong dislike for their fan base. Because you remember what they said about Millie, and nobody, and I do mean nobody, should say anything close to that about Millie. 
That's a very good point. That was that was a more disgusting. That was wrong. Man, I got you know it's funny. I got a lot of heck around here because I said, "Hey Carson, you know this is back when Carson Wentz was still in good graces of the uh, city of brotherly love." I said, "That's really what you want to be associated with? You want to say something?" And you know people were sticking up for him at the time around here. I'm like, "Well, come on. I mean, that's just if you are who you say you are, that's not what you necessarily right. want. That's for sure." Well, it's going to be interesting here in a couple weeks, and it, it uh, hopefully it's a good football game. I want to uh, kind of focus. There's been a lot of speculation, obviously, with who's going to be cut, who's going to be let go. And I'm going to maybe ask you, because uh, I know that you look at the salary cap and the dead cap money and all that. And yeah. and I get, you know, obviously living where I live, there's a lot of talk. Well, what's going to happen with Trey Lance? What's going to I'm like, if I'm the 49ers now, I'm keeping Trey Lance. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of uncertainty with everything that happened. So there's going to be no trade. And the bottom line is, whether you like Kirk Cousins or not, you can't cut him before June 1st. It only saves you a little bit. You know, you still got a lot of dead money if you cut him afterwards, and to trade him is even problematic. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback coming up for the 2023 season, whether you love the guy or hate the guy, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, the reason the Vikings won 13 games is because the offense put up enough points. The defense was the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm no fan of Cousins. You know that. I have uh, I'm I'm not going to change my stripes on it. It's just it seems that he makes the wrong call at the wrong time that costs you a game. And a two yard pass to Hawkinson. I'm willing to take a fifty fifty ball to JJ down down. You know, uh, I. Don't think that the the Vikings are wrong in having confidence in Cousins because this was the first year that he had a coach in Minnesota anyway that didn't just rip him to shreds. I mean, Zim is almost like the you know the drunken dad that slapped around his kids. I mean, when I hear the stories about yeah, we bought in you know the tough authoritarian. After a while, the tough, the tough authoritarian turns into something of an abuser. And our defense this year was god-awful. I, I think you have to admit that. Yes. Right? And I want Flores. I really, really, really want Flores to come in here. Because if, if we're going to stick with a 3-4 defense with a 4-3 personnel, which is what we had last year. I mean, Daniil Hunter is not a linebacker. He's a defensive end. You find ways where either Daniil is with the team. If we're going 3-4 and we're going to stick 3-4, you have to have a 3-4 personnel. Mm -hmm. And if that means, I mean, I I think Zadarius Smith, before he got hurt late and wasn't practicing because he was that banged up, if you look at like the first 10 games of the year, Zadarius Smith was dominant. And I thought he was the reason the Vikings were good and the Packers were bad because he would make that one or two plays when the game is on the line and it's like done, you know, like what Reggie White used to do. And I just think the Vikings were so passive on defense that offensively, I think you try to keep everybody defensively, let him go. Just shuffle the deck and bring a new person in here 
and you have guys that fit the what you want to do on defense. I don't think I've seen a more passive defense than the Vikings had the last half of the season or more, where it's like, yeah, okay, we force them to kick a field goal. We make plays, but they're still chipping, 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 putting points on the right. board. The time of possession rough. they gave up, I mean uh... – well, it's interesting if they go to a four three now. I mean, whatever they're going to do to put Daniel Hunter in a better situation. I mean, they got to do something because you can't cut him. I mean, he's eighteen million dollars of dead cap money if you cut him before June first. So he's sticking around. I think Zadarius Smith is gone because you save twelve million dollars and only have three million dollars worth of cap money. I mean, there's just there's a lot of things that go along with this, and I don't know how much you know Harrison Smith or Adam Thielen are they going to restructure because those guys. <sighs> Well, those guys, are, that's a lot of dead cap money if you cut them before. Oh, yeah, no, no, but uh, I i think, the, you know, Thielen's wife went on Instagram and thanked Minnesota for the time they had there. I think the writing's on the wall with Thielen. Oh, because, but, I mean, by, by the end of the year, you have to admit, Adam Thielen was either the fourth or the fifth passing option in the Vikings' offense. You had Jefferson, you had T.J. Hawkinson, you had K.J. Osborne, and Delvin Cook or Madison coming out of the backfield. I mean, if you look at the week-to-week numbers where it's like, you know, Adam's getting targeted three times in a game, and you're like, oh. Yeah, but I mean, listen, here's the thing, though. I'll argue this up and down. Uh If he he goes to a restructured contract, that's what he's going to be getting, and that's what he's going to get anywhere else, right? I mean, there's – because that's who he's going to be. He's going to be a third down, move the chains guy and do what he does in the red zone. Because that's who he is. I mean, I think he is the third option. So he's not going to get paid what he wants to get paid now. So, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely foolish on both sides if they don't try to work it out. Because I think he still can be effective what you want. I would hope that K.J. Osborne is going to be the second guy eventually. My heavens. I mean, that's where he should be. And we know what number 18 is. He is the number one with the bullet. So, for me, if you can restructure it, because I, I don't, I don't know if his wife has got the, you know, kind of looks at this the same way we do, as far as like a Rob Brzezinski or whatever. But your options aren't better if you move away. I'm sorry for Adam Thielen. Right, and they have kids. You know right. that always plays into it. It's like, okay, I can make six million more over three years here, but. Is that worth uprooting my kids and bringing them somewhere else? Or worse yet, abandoning my kids during the season and going somewhere? Right. No, I, I think restructuring him and bringing him back, I think, is smart. Because he, to me, he moves the chains and he does some of those gritty things. And I think that, you know, that's that's what I look for as far as, and you know, is there a little bit of fandom because I like his story and he's from here? Yeah, no doubt. But I, I see the effectiveness of what he can do. And I think that, now, Irv Smith, he's gone. I mean, <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. gone. I mean, there's Eric Kendricks is going to be an interesting situation because they actually save some money if they let him go, and you know he's he's a tackling machine. But it, you know you have to look at this as far as dead cap money versus what you save, and that's something that they have to look at. You know, can he restructure? There's, I mean, they're going to be very busy this off season. Oh yeah, and, and keep in mind what our expectation was. When when a franchise fires a head coach and they fire a general manager, it's rebuild mode. It's implode. Let's, you know, in two years, we're at where we should have been is where Chicago is now. 
and Detroit was a year ago. Because Detroit is the team to beat in the division next year. Write that one down. Well, I mean, when you this summer when you go into the grocery store and you see Athlon and Street and Smith and all that, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the fashionable pick, and I have no problem with that, right? I mean, and, there's, and it's the fashionable pick for a good reason. Mm-hmm. I never thought Jared Goof would turn out to be anything. But they've got, and, and it's nice that the Rams' uh, first-round pick that they're giving them this year for uh, Matthew Stafford is quite sweet. Yeah. No, that's a, that's got to be a, that's wasn't in the Rams' plans. I can guarantee you that. That is for sure. So, did the Eagles? Did, did your Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, they could. I mean, that would be. Well, yeah. There's only one team they're up against. They could. Mm-hmm. Well, is, I, I think. Are, 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 are you waiting until like next Friday to throw down your official prediction? Well, I think the thing about it is, and we know this to be true, is that. These are very two underrated defenses, right? I mean, so much focus goes on Hurts and Mahomes, but I think, you know, Jones and these guys are the Chiefs are a little bit unheralded. And one thing I did think about if we wanted to do some second guessing, because I wondered about it at the time, you know, if the Vikings don't decide to trade down with their division rival and take McDuffie, you know, he made some plays on Sunday, right? I mean, oh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Something that, uh, the two secondary guys for the Vikings didn't for injury reasons. It just, you know, Booth Jr. did not contribute after trading down, and, you know, if McDuffie maybe could have. I'm just throwing that out there. You got a young cornerback that could work along the other side of Patrick Peterson. You got to wonder yep. what that would have done, right? I mean, and. And, and Peterson's a free agent, too. Well, that, I think he's going to get, I think he's going to get market value for yeah. an aging veteran who just knows how to read a quarterback and knows how to read an offense because he watches tape. You know, he used to get by just on physical gifts. He doesn't have that same, but I'm not a big pro football focus guy, but they said in pass coverage his way, he was number five among cornerbacks. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I'm not surprised either. I mean, he, he, there's times where he really looked good, made some plays and, you know, it, it's uh, I like him. I like him, and I think he brings a lot to the locker room too. That is for sure. And I know you're a big Cam Dansler guy. Eh. <laughs> okay, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. I love it. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, I appreciate your time as always. It's always fun chatting with you, and we'll do it again as we get closer and closer. In a few weeks, we'll have trades and the quarterback shuffle and. Oh, my heavens. It's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to be crazy. Well, we'll have plenty it to talk will. about. All right. Well, catch All your right. stuff, man. I'll Anytime, talk to you soon. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. You bet. John Holler again, longtime Viking beat writer with USA Today. We'll take your phone calls on what he had to say, what you are thinking about what's going on. Vikings offseason, preview the Super Bowl, where this quarterback shuffle is going to go. It's just a, a crazy time right now in the NFL, and that's why they are number one with a bullet. Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 104.7 KFGO.